welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. Welcome at Game Consultant. It's Wednesday, April the twenty second, and it's the week games and finance. In episode nineteen, I uh, I was actually talking to Sergey. And Sergey was telling me a lot about um, investments, M&A, and Q1 did started actually pretty good. We saw Scopely, we saw some others, and uh, bottom line, 700 million US dollars was invested in games companies. And then, then we had to deal and still dealing with COVID-19, the coronavirus. Um, in any case, uh, this episode, I'm talking to um, to Richard. And Richard is a TMT specialist over at uh, the Edison Group. And um, they came out with a report. And the report is the European Video Games, a safe haven in troubled times. Well, you can say that. So we had a very in-depth interview. It might be long. I don't care. Um, if you want to know where the gaming industry is at and where it might go, then this is definitely the minutes worth. Uh, then second of all, um, I'm not doing so much on news. I have a few tabs open that I want to discuss quickly with you, but otherwise it gets too long. I like the initiative. Um, it's, um, it's done, uh, well, actually at a, at a very nice moment in time uh, because a lot of uh, people are complaining they don't get any funding. Um, and, and, and there you go. Uh, some people stood up. Um, uh, Akin, and I still, I'm sorry if I say the name wrong, but uh, hopefully we talk next week or this week so I can do an item either on Sunday or next week, Wednesday. So it's Akin Baba Yagit, and he's the co-founder, CEO of Triple Dot Studios. Uh, Chris Lee, Ben Holmes, some others. Um, so go to the site FFWD Games. It's Fast Forward Games. Uh, as entrepreneurs and investors are increasingly unable to meet in person due to COVID-19, the level of investment into gaming studios has slowed down dramatically. Entrepreneurs are not able to receive sufficient feedback on their propositions and investors have a reduced ability to get to know the entrepreneurs and test um, the hypothesis is <laughs> further. Fast Forward Games is an initiative aimed at bridging that gap. We've brought together key gaming CEOs, VCs and angel investors to offer a number of services to entrepreneurs. Feedback, fast track and lightning fast decisions. So yeah, they can invest. Um, Chris Lee, Ben Holmes, Aiken, Baba Yagit, if I say it right. Oh, you guys are really testing me. Akira Yushioda, Matteo Vallone, Leo Schiff, uh, Sekip Kokaleb. Ah, oh, come on, guys. Alvaro <laughs> uh, Alvarez, and um, among others. Um, so uh, the group has excellent access to VC communities. As part of this initiative, we engage the support of Cherry Ventures, Makers Fund, Play Ventures. Well, there you have some names and people that uh, can make things happen. Uh, all the respect to these people that do this um, when we need it the most as an industry. So email hello at 
ffwd.games. So I repeat, fast forward games, or why I repeat, just look in the description of this uh, podcast and you will know. Um, quickly doing some news? Ah, heck, why not? So I said uh, quickly some news that I wanted to share with you. It's um, mobile game downloads have gone up by 75% in Q1 into 20 uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, as revealed by mobile measurement firm Adjust, uh, which is located in Berlin, they come up with a report on the effect of the coronavirus. Gaming has surged under the coronavirus with installs in last week of March more than doubling, 132% compared to the same week last year. Furthermore, session time in games have jumped 47%, showing players are spending more time in a game. And here comes a fun thingy. <laughs> uh, another find in the report spotlighted casual games, stating that activity with, within this genre has seen an increase of 15% between the hours of 12 and 4 p.m. So let's say... They are gaming in the afternoon. But meanwhile, mid-core games have seen a jump early morning, approximately 5 a.m. I repeat, 5 a.m. before peaking at 1 p.m. So peaking at 1 p.m. So shitloads of gamers that are actually still gaming at 5 a.m. and then maybe they're going to sleep and then people wake up and they continue and then it's peaking at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Bottom line, uh, everyone is sort of off and everyone is playing games during the day. Uh, news that was not so fun to read. Kickstarter experiences a 35% drop in live projects. As a result, the company has to prepare to cut costs wherever it can. Last year, Kickstarter earned $1.27 million in after-tax profit. However, that money has been reinvested in the first four months of 2020. Uh, Game Refinery, a company that I had on my watch list and still is on my watch list. The CEO is Marcus. Hello, Marcus. Remember our agreement? We still should do the interview. Mm -hmm. Uh, Game Refinery is adding a new ad monetization tracking feature. Developers, marketeers, and publishers will be able to see the in-app monetization trends, implementation formats, and the ability to see popularity of many iOS games. The new data available through the feature is immediately uh, available for all games being tracked by Game Refinery. Um, and that brings me to the last, my friend Hendrik Lesser, who calls himself the boss mob of a family of gaming companies. Um, He's saying we're doing a biz dev online event for developers to meet publishers and investors in time like these. It is important. Yes, Hendrik, it is important. So the site is www.egbg.au. And as you can see, they have a lot of uh, support by publishers. And so updates on the website. And let me see. Yeah, I did actually ask him a question. Uh, pure background that I asked, and he said, right now, I came up with it, Relit, uh, the partners, and uh, EGD, 
F why uh, a lot of us games industry are not doing bad today, but we will realize the day after tomorrow after we didn't meet uh, to do biz dev for months. There might be a gap. Participants can expect uh, many, many pubs and investors. They already confirmed. Uh, they have registered and are still registering. Uh, well, uh, pure biz dev matchmaking, like an online game connection with focus on Euro devs meeting worldwide pubs and investors. Anyways, I'll send. Uh, I'll put the links online, and then you guys can take it from there. We keep it short. So today, today it's finance and games again, and it's the week of finance and games. And I have been talking to a lot of people, people that raise, people that have ideas about um, going out there and raise funding. And uh, there is skepticism in the market. Some people say, yeah, you can still raise. And other people say, no, you should actually wait. So uh, today I have Richard Williamson and He's actually of the Edison Group. And the Edison Group is an investment research, investor relations, and consulting firm. Now, there's a mouthful. Richard. Absolutely perfect, Renat. Yeah. Captured it <laughs> I got it from your side, I have to be honest. <laughs> hey, um, you guys, um, you uh, released a report. It was April uh, 8th. And basically, you said, Oh my God, it might be outdated already. Uh, the European video games, a safe haven in troubled times. I mean, um, what makes you say it might be outdated already? Well, it, it, it's one of those funny things that the, the world is moving so fast. Um, so, um, you know, we, we, we have a normal publication process and, and I, I kind of had to shortcut that as well um, to just to make sure it was it's out in a timely manner before Easter. Yeah. Because um, you know, if you look at what's happened to share prices over the last you know four weeks, um, they have you know they they plunged. Um, you know, certainly, games industry share prices plunged you know thirty, sometimes even fifty percent in March. Yeah. Um, and if you look at them again today, they're pretty back up. You know, pretty much back up to pre-crisis levels across a, a large swathe of stocks. Yeah. Um, the the bigger caps seem to be doing better. You know, they they've been more robust. Um, and some of the smaller caps, certainly in um, in uh, less developed areas, have, have struggled a bit more, yeah. such as um, yeah, esports. So yeah, happy to pick up some of those themes. Yeah, yeah, because we uh, we were emailing about it, and 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 the stocks were up, and they were saying Activision, Blizzard, Capcom, EA, NetEase, Nintendo, Zynga, they're all hitting one year peaks last week. So. Yeah. Um, is is that just a moment in time or is this going to be are they going to be steady now was it just investors were a bit like oh, oh what's happening or it's, it's always a mugs game predicting what's going to happen to share prices um but yeah <laughs> essentially yeah my my view is that over the long term um the games industry is a great place to be and a great place to be investing yeah. So, you know, there, there will be shares that go up and go down. Um, you know, is the console, you know, is, is there some new console launch going to go ahead at the end of the year? You know, yes, if Sony Microsoft certainly saying it is, you know, the, there are factors like that. And again, if there's a double, you know, if, if lockdown isn't a single issue, but a double issue um, and, and so we have to go back into lockdown, 
that could certainly knock some of the services companies. Yeah. Um, but but and, and again, how deep is this recession going to be? We we saw oil prices, you know, U.S. Um, uh, sort of oil prices below, you know, uh, sort of in negative territory. Yeah. I, I, you know, this this is unprecedented. Nobody's been here before, and nobody's seen this kind of impact on on a global basis. Yeah. So. I, I, I remain sanguine. The, the game sector, if you look around sector, you know, other sectors, is a great place to be, and it's it's still smiling. But there aren't many sectors smiling at the moment. Yeah, because I, I I'm looking at the report. It's it's 11 pages, and um, um, if I hop to uh, uh, page 11, um, yeah, I see the strength, uh, but then the weaknesses. Um, no global tech titans in Europe. I mean, that right away uh, got my eyeballs. Um, uh, <laughs> uh -oh. Have I ever to get quizzed hard on that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm really interested. I mean, what do you mean with a tech titan in, in, in Europe? I mean, um, what's your definition well, of a tech titan? Well, again, I, I suppose I'm just trying to say that, you know, the, the likes of Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft are all US-based and, and then you've got the you know people like Tencent over in um, over in China. Yeah. So you know who who is the sort of the the uh, European mega cap to to compete with those guys? Yeah. And, and um, you know they are pumping an awful lot of money into the games industry, into streaming, into content, um, and they're going to be shaping the direction the industry takes over the next five to ten years. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 European companies, you know, there are some great games companies amongst them. But they're not setting the trends in quite that same way. Yeah. So as you said, then Asia and the US are still uh, in the lead uh, in this gaming industry. Substantial investments and innovation occurring overseas, not happening in Europe. I mean, um... <clears throat> well, 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 well. I, I, I would hold back on that. I, I think the European landscape is a, is a fascinating one. I think there is such diversity um, that you know people think about a games investment. And of course, the reality is, you know, you're, you're investing in different business models in different geographies with different risk profiles. Um, and, and the fact that the frag that there is a fragmented space in Europe, uh, uh, you know, again, from a from an analyst's point of view, from an investor's point of view, means there's opportunity. Yeah. Um, and and you know, whether that's, you know, who, who knew about the Polish game sector five years ago? <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I hope I, I hope I'm not sort of, uh, you know, hurting anybody's ego there, but no. it, it kind of has arisen by stealth. And you know, with CD Projekt now um, as a figurehead, there are a number of other companies coming up beneath it. Yeah, I, I didn't know that five years ago. No, no, no. Uh, they, they really have come up. I mean, uh, uh, more and more people are talking about it. So that, 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 definitely on Poland, that, that's a correct one. So if 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 you look at at the report, I mean, um, you 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 got it out there, uh, April eighth. Uh, uh, what were the highlights, or what were the surprises, maybe also uh, when you did the research? Well, uh, you know, f f so so, so you know, the grand conclusion is that if you are a games company and you've got games in the market, um, lockdown you know is is hugely beneficial. Yeah. Um, so there are more people um, with more time on their hands, with fewer options, and, and therefore they are reaching out to you know what's familiar um, or, or playing more or you know trying games for the first time, you know whatever it might be. And, and in different sectors, you're, you're seeing different behaviours. But but to some degree, I, I was slightly surprised. I assumed this would be brilliant for PC and console games, but I thought it might not be so good for mobile games. But that that 
preconception on my part has been dispelled. Um, every single mobile games company I've talked to has said this has been great for us. Um, you know, this is a you know, get mobile games are a form of socialization. You know, if you can't um, uh, interact with your friends sort of normally, yeah, of, of course you can do it over, um, you know, through th- through headsets and so on. But but mobile games are a great way of doing it as well. So yeah. so mo- mobile games are peaking. You know, people like G Five have picked up fifty percent over the last you know month or so, along yeah. with all others. Um, Funny, yeah, because <clears throat> that's what I was looking at. I saw the largest quarterly rises and the fallers. What does it make then a difference? For for example, I, I mean, you look at Codemasters uh, yeah. and, and Rovio uh, and Keywords, actually, um, uh, are the fallers. And then you see Stillfront and Ubisoft, G5, as you said, Paradox, uh, and they're, they're going up. What's the difference between the companies? I mean... Um, is it, are the investors looking at portfolio? Are they, what does it make that you become a riser or a faller exactly at this moment? In, in, and this is March. Uh, let's well, say Q1. I, was, I was going to say this is very much a snapshot. So, so th- th- this is what's happened over Q1 20 cumulatively. So it doesn't take account of, sort of ratings when, when companies went in, you know, in, into the start of the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Sort of key keywords actually middle of the pack, um, yeah, as is Rovio to some degree. But yeah. the, those those that have performed least well have been those that either have a need for cash. So people like Gfinity have had a bit of a tough time. They've just recently completed a two point two five million placing, um, which which has mean you know that their share price has suddenly tripled. Um, but nevertheless, from a very low base. So again, it, it's points of t- it's points in time. It's it's periods you look at. Um, but 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 in general, I would say those that have fallen uh, furthest have been those that are either in esports, you know, service providers to the esports sector, um, or challenged businesses uh, overall. Yeah. And then you know you mentioned people like Codemasters. Codemasters were potentially a bit unfortunate. They had Fast and Furious Nine coming out, um, which was going to be day and date with the movie, but yeah. of course the movie's been postponed. So Fast and Furious Nine should still come out in in, in the current financial year, but um, it's been pushed back. So there's there's a level of uncertainty there, yeah. and, and and the reality is it underlines the fact that those with digital models um, with a broad portfolio of titles. Um, and live games in the market, they're, they're best placed to benefit from this. And, yeah. and those with narrower portfolios or singles, you know, exposure to a single IP. Um, and and, and you know, again, there have been more questions over service providers as well. Um, you know, people like Keywords have got the best part of 8,000 employees. Um, you know, they, they, they very successfully migrated 5,500 of those to, to remote working. They've furloughed some. But they, 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 you know, they may well be very well placed in in H two twenty. So th- th- there's been a hiatus here, but yeah. for most of the games industry, you know, the lockdown has actually been a a genuine benefit. Yeah. So basically, what they uh, the the game industry is saying, like, yeah, crisis is good for us. Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> It, it, it's an interesting way of looking at it, and people have been quite careful about how they phrase it because you know COVID nineteen is a serious matter, um, yeah. so, so you don't want to be seen crowing from the, from the sidelines. But but nevertheless, yeah, as people have fewer options, games as a diversion, as a distraction, uh, as a way of taking yourself away from from you know, the reality of a sort of tough uh, incarceration, lockdown, curfew, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. 
um, yeah. is a great proposition. Yeah. So I, I had uh, Sergey uh, from uh, Mail.ru Games Ventures, uh, and he basically said so. In Q1, $700 million went into gaming companies. Um, when I woke up on January the 1st, I definitely had indicators that I thought, like, it's going to be a very strong 220. Uh, yeah. investments, consolidations, uh, well, even acquisitions, and, and, and we saw a few. Uh, esports definitely leading uh, the troops. Uh, everyone was really enthusiastic about esports. The industry it's growing. And now um, we're towards uh, the end of April. And, uh, well, what can we say? Esports um, are taking a dive. That's mostly because the events are not there, but online it is. Um uh, well, we don't the, see. The, I was yeah. say that, that that was one of the sort of conclusions that I reached in terms of esports is, um, yeah, as a serv- as a small service provider or as a service provider, sort of reliant on revenues from live events, then that that's problematic. But of course, yeah. from um, uh, from a, a broader, longer term perspective, every single sports, uh, you know, sort of real sports event, um, real sport is looking at the possibility of virtualizing. Um, their business and adding yeah. that virtual element, adding those additional eyeballs. Um, and so, and this is a great time to be experimenting and, and sort of learning how esports works so that, you know, 20, 2021 and beyond, um, I think we'll see much more convergence between real sports and esports. Yeah, that was actually uh, Chris Reed who had an item where he was saying, like, what was it? So the car racing NASCAR. It's mm. more uh, elderly that watching it, and now the young ones are uh, playing it online, streaming, uh, and now, yeah, those two target audiences come together. But well, yeah, the, the, all the Formula One races, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and soccer. It's nice. Yeah, and and maybe stupid uh, comparisons, but an, an artist, uh, um, he or she or the band has the music online, but they're actually going on tour to make the money. Is, is that a good comparison then with, with esports? So you, you basically are online a lot. You can watch uh, the game. Uh, but in the end, the, I, I sort of didn't thought about it. I thought like they make a lot of money online. But apparently the events are crucial for esports uh, to generate revenues. Well, it, it depends who you're talking about. Of course, you know, what, what, what we're not talking about here is who, who actually profits from esports. Um, and those that are profiting most are people like Amazon with Twitch, Google, and the you know, so the platform holders, and, yep. and the games publishers themselves. Um, so, so these tournaments extend the lives of their games and sort of improve engagement, and, and they're a great boon to you know to to a lot of mature titles. Yep. Um, the the service you know, but when we look at the quoted sector, it is about smaller service providers um, trying to make money out of esports from sponsorship. Um, event fees, merchandising, uh, and it's a much less mature business. So we, we are only looking at, a, if you like, um, a small part of the overall industry. And, and the overall esports e- industry is in rude health. Um, but from a service provider point of view, just the profitability of their business model, the the development of the business model has probably been put back by at least 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So... Um... You mentioned it just like game conferences. Um, so they, they, they are cancelled. Um, do you see any effects? 
some people say, yeah, because I don't have a game conference, uh, I might not find publishers. So you have to find it in a different way. Publishers have to respond in a different way. Yeah. How big is is the effect of not having game conferences in uh, in two twenty? Because Gamescom is is a garner too now. Yeah. Well, again, that, that that's in some ways it doesn't really impact the games industry, but but I suppose those it does impact most are the innovators. So young startups looking to build relationships with publishers and, and sort of, you know, build relationships within the, within the industry uh, are going to find it much more challenging to actually make those connections. For established yeah. players who have a brand name, who are recognized, who can you know, already have that network of contacts, I, I think, you know, sort of, you know uh, video calls, calls, you know, whatever, um, I, I think that's perfectly tenable. Um, but but I, I think it is going to be harder for startups to to make the connections that they would have made at you know, a GDC or E three. Yeah, yeah. So it's really the indies then that are more hit than the usual suspects. I, I think that's an you know sort of whenever you have market dislocations, whenever you have um, you know, recessions, I suppose that the smaller, more fragile businesses get hit first. And that's yeah. kind of what we're seeing here is you know, if you're an established player with a mature business model and sort of pro- profitable and cash generative and you've got access to capital, um, you will probably see yourself through this quite happily. But if you're a small yeah. business that's sort of, um, you know, sort of burning money on a, on a day by day, week by week, month by month basis and, and trying to you know, trying to get to the end of a project and only then do you start to make money, um, that's, that, that's not a place you really want to be today. Yeah. And then one thing you covered, <clears throat> although the, the whole industry is always saying like, yeah, if you can get a good IP, like a movie IP, and you can connect your game to it, that's going. Um, bottom line, we're, we're seeing that uh, uh, movies are being delayed. Um, uh, so let's say industry is connecting because in a few episodes ago, I was saying like, yeah, gaming is is is, is the center now. And instead of gaming going to other kinds of verticals, the verticals are coming now to gaming. Um, so everything around gaming right now that stagnates has an impact on gaming. I would say on on, on new products, new games. Is that? I, I, again, that's right. And and, and it's a, the the bigger question, I suppose, we're, we're all trying to ask ourselves at the moment is quite how big a uh, yeah, quite how big an impact is this going to have? You know, in, in some ways, it's quite hard to see audiences rushing back into the cinema, um, you know, certainly in FY20. Um, you know, yeah. are, are they going to be back in the same numbers in 2021? You know, yeah. it, 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 seems, it seems tough to believe. So, so are you actually talking about, as, as you say, um, gaming becoming more centric with potentially cinema supporting games? Here? But, but you, you are talking about a... a a changing of the order of things and a rethinking of how business is done um, yeah. and quite how it all plays out is, is not yet visible and depends depends how you know, COVID-19 plays out to some degree as well. Yeah. And then <clears throat> the, the, the part of streaming. I mean, everyone is now watching. Kids are at home. Uh, well, parents do. Um, yeah. the, the, the streaming is, is, is peaking. So uh, is that... Is that mm, fastening things up? I mean, in, in the past, I was saying like, yeah, people watch uh, watch Twitch and it's more like kids. Uh, but now, because we're all at home, we might get to it. We might give it a shot. Is this uh, accelerating 
the way we consume games and 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 quote unquote watch games. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, yeah. So, so, so COVID nineteen seems to be accelerating the trend to digitalization, um, and, and that's across pretty much all industries. So, you know, th those companies that are doing well are the sort of you know the, the one the, the, the SaaS type business models um, that can be you know can be uh, delivered effectively remotely. Um, so, yeah. so you're absolutely right. Um, you know, the streaming companies are doing you know hugely well at the moment. Netflix, Disney Plus has launched. Um, and, and and people like Zoom, of course, you know that their, their share prices. I, I, I won't, won't it, but I, th I think it's doubled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, you know, there, there, there are challenges. You know, but you know, there are challenges to all this. You know, does Zoom's cost base uh, actually increase in in line with usage and and with so much free usage? Does their cost base actually sort of expand faster than usage? So, yeah. you know, there's the, the sort of uh, headline thoughts and sort of you sometimes need to dig to a deeper level. But the, the yeah. one thing that gaming has that, say, uh, uh, Netflix and sort of more linear streaming doesn't have is much more variety and replayability. Um, if you play a game, the experience is not necessarily the same time after time after time. So, so you can replay and replay and do different things. If you, you know, with with, with um, uh, you know, with Netflix and Disney Plus, there is a limited catalogue, and once you got through the good stuff, you're looking at the mediocre stuff, and then you're looking at the you know, sort of crap at the bottom, um, and the ability for the industry to create new content at the moment is also constrained, um, and and with sort of viewership going up or um, sort of you know, streaming going up quite so meteorically. Um, how quickly will people start to get bored of of those more linear offerings, and, and therefore that yeah, they'll see it? That, you know, they'll certainly benefit for a time, but will they be benefit if we were locked down twelve months hence? I don't know. Yeah. So supposedly we have a glass ball, and uh, today is uh, the thirty first of December. Yeah. To twenty, and we we'll look back on to twenty. What what are we seeing? I, I can't answer that. Um, yeah, anything I'm, I'm going to say is going to make me sort of uh, cringe with embarrassment <laughs> in uh, nine months' time. Um, I'll do all, 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 all I can say is what I hope is that yeah. the lockdown phenomenon is a passing phase, um, you know, three, four months, whatever it is, and that therefore by the summer um, restrictions are easing and people are getting back to work. Um and and there is huge pressure on governments to to open up yeah so to open up and, and restart their economies and and we're starting to see signs of that in Germany already, um and and the US you know the pressure there seems to be phenomenal, um yeah yeah what what that means to me yeah for, for, sort of from a gaming perspective, um is that there will be there will be a boost over some relatively hot months when revenues would otherwise have been weaker. Um, it then potentially leads into you know the console launch and the cooler, colder uh, sort of winter months when people to traditionally play more games. So yeah. you should see FY20 as as a really landmark year in terms of financial performance for the games industry. Um, yeah. And you know you will have introduced a whole range of people who may may have you know, not played games or played games casually or you know, so potentially stepping up. Um, the, the, the question to me is, does a recession follow or how, how deep a recession follows? 
and how painful is that going to be? Uh, you know, how painful is the impact of that going to be in sort of you know H two twenty and sort of twenty twenty one? And the impact of that might be people stepping back down rather than buying a new console. They might stick with the old console for another twelve months rather than buying a premium game. They might buy a you know double A game or, or play casual games instead. So, so so there are options within the firmament. Um, yeah. yeah. And and if you look at um... Because we, we were emailing about it, and, and, and so you basically said if you have something on the shelf right now and you're working on, on a complicated game that still has to, to launch uh, or you're out there raising funding, uh, you said that that's, that's then it's a pretty hard time at the moment. Well, and, and what, yeah, what, what makes me say that? So I've talked a little bit about startups. So, you know, again, raising capital, um, you know, VCs are essentially hunkering down for a period. They'll be making sure, you know, and, sorry, corporates and VCs are hoarding cash and making sure they've got you know, what access to cash they can have for the moment. They're waiting to see how this all shakes out. And only once they've got a clearer view of, of where we're going with COVID-19 and what happens afterwards, Will they start considering new investment opportunities rather than focusing on their portfolio? So, so, so that's from a startup point of view, and, and from you know, in, in terms of games that are under development at the moment, um, you know, with people moving to remote working, there's a you know time lost there. With people remote working, there has to be a loss of efficiency. It can't be as efficient. Though interesting enough, I was on the Sumo call earlier today. Um, and they were saying that staff retention is up. So yeah, people aren't moving on in the same way they were. Um, that sick, yep. sick pay, yeah, so, sorry, um, so absenteeism due to sickness is right down. Um, so people seem to be happier working from home and sort of you know, clocking in, clocking out in a much more, uh, you know, it, sort of, yeah, m- more committed to their roles actually than if they, if they had to come into the office. So certainly yeah. in the short term, there are some things that offset that lack of efficiency. But I can't believe that over, you know, if 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 remote working persists, that um, that teams are going to be able to work. Yeah, you know, certainly large teams are going to be able to work as efficiently as they did beforehand. And yeah. you know, when you talk about you know some of the service provision as well in terms of um, you know QA, uh, voice acting, just pulling all that together. Um, when when people are in lockdown and sort of, you know, working remotely is is going to be a challenging scenario. So therefore, yeah. looking at people launching major games for back end of this year, um, I, I think there are some real challenges in terms of actually delivering those you know, on time and to budget um, within with, you know, within that time frame. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me actually think. I mean, uh, the consumer exhibitions like a Gamescom. I mean, uh, some of the bigger companies like uh, the Sony's, EAs, they they always um, uh, demo their games over there, and then people are standing in long lines just to wait, and they can they can actually give it a shot, give it a try. Let's let's say. Uh, these events are not happening. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, will that mean that those big companies will delay their games, or will they come up and find a different way and do it via digital and 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 do more heavy marketing online in order to release the game? Um, there, there are certainly challenges there. I, I can't imagine that too many people will choose to delay their games materially 
because any delays that get pushed out of the current financial year or current quarter um, have a, have a, a, a an impact on management and their performance reviews. So yeah. um, I, I would just and, and you know when you're trying to launch in parallel with you know, you know to, to make your game available for new consoles, you know there, there are certain things that you 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 know you need to be day and date with. Um, so um, I, I, I think people have to just try to deliver as best they can, and, and but that there may well be increasing cost in terms of achieving that deliverability. Yeah. And then um, I'm seeing some initiatives, some <clears throat> some smaller firms, some uh, group of people that basically uh, come together and say like, hey, um, uh, people do have uh, troubles with raising funding. Um, there is, uh, what is it called? Uh, Gigi, who's doing the fast NFX. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are some others, uh, which are, uh, what was it called? FFWD or something. That's a London, uh, uh, group of investors. So they, they basically say, you know, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's heavy times. If you need funding, send it in to us, your pitch deck, and we make a decision in 48 hours. It, it, it's 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 very good that they they try that. Very interesting. I I, I haven't heard that. That that sounds that sounds very interesting indeed. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's sort of uh, yeah, COVID nineteen, and um, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, it does it actually mean that that I find it interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's FFWD, um, and that's actually with Ben Harms, Chris Lee. Um, and I find it always very difficult to say his name, Aiken Babagiet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope I said it well. <laughs> he will kill me. He's actually of Triple Dust Studios. Thanks. But it's, 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 so they have a group and you can basically send in your pitch deck and they make a quick decision. Yeah. I mean, my first question was, oh, if you can do it now, can you do it in the future too? Or, what do you think of those initiatives? Well, I, I think anything that helps people, you know, that the, there are companies that are going to be, you know, stuck for options. If they need funding in the short term, um, then this sounds like a great, a great way forward. I, I suppose there's always yeah. the worry that if there's only one source of finance or, you know, sm small numbers of sources of finance, then, of course, they might expect more of a share of the pie. So you know, the, the, yeah. the, there's always going to be a trade-off there. Um, so you know, if you want to get the best terms, um, you, you hold off funding in, until you've got something concrete and, and wait till market conditions are better. Um, but, but if you can't hold off, then got it. Um, yeah, any option is a great option. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually the, the site is uh, ffwdgames.com. I will have a look. It's Fast Forward yeah. Games. Yeah, Fast Forward Games. It's an initiative that brings together the top gaming CEOs, VCs, angel investors, uh, offering their time, expertise, network, and experience to accelerate the funding process for gaming startups. Due to COVID-19, the funding climate has changed, resulting uh, a more challenging environment for many startup studios mm. that need capital. And um, so uh, basically what they have it on the side, it says feedback, advice, fast track into major VC. So they uh, enlightening fast angel investment decisions. Yeah, well, the, 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 um, the, the reality. Oh, yes, I, I remember these guys. Um, so so the, the, the reality is that um, you know, investing in games IP has always been quite a challenging thing to do. 
And, and those, those yeah. are the best place to do it tend to be those who've had experience in the games industry, i.e. You know, chief execs and founders of you know, uh, other businesses. So um, yeah. they, they, they sound like the right guys to go to. Yeah. No, I, I, I like these initiatives. And I think uh, right now, uh, it, 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 lots of developers can benefit from it. The only thing that I thought is like, hey, um, um, does a virus make us uh, work differently? And then also, in this case, I mean, they can quicker do the facilitation to bigger VCs, but also angel, invest, angel investments. Is that something that they actually should continue also after? Well, absolutely right. And, and, and certainly, yes, I, I think the paradigm has been broken. You know, I, I think things like COVID-19 do break the paradigm. Um, so, so we are looking yeah. at new ways of working. We are sort of reassessing, you know, what, what, what we did before, was it right? And, you know, everyone seems to have transitioned, to, sorry, not everyone, but um, those who can have transitioned to remote working. And, and it seems to be working relatively effectively for many. So therefore, do we need to be yeah. in the office as much as we did? Do we need to be traveling as much as we did? Um, as I said, the oil yeah. price is right down. Just, you know, people are not using cars, um, planes are not using fuel. Um, do we need all of that? Should we be going to GDC E3? Should we be staying at home and sort of having virtual conferences? Um, so, 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 you know, <laughs> there are all sorts yeah. of questions. I'm, I'm not saying they're all obvious or, you know, we, we won't revert to uh, habit. Uh, but, but you yeah. know, the questions are being asked, and 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 you talked earlier about you know the fact that major consumer conferences have been cancelled. People are going to be you know that there yeah. is no choice in this. People are going to be forced towards online marketing, you know, where before they sort of developed a buzz by by having people actually touch the game, feel the game, use the game in, in these conferences and get excited about them. You know that that queuing concept is not not going to be coming back at any time this year. I'd be very surprised if it comes back next year either. Um, so, so yeah, you know, on that basis, with that kind of sort of time horizon, yeah, you know, online is the only place to be at the moment. Yeah, it's the only place where we can go. There, there is that. I, I've got a nice garden outside, but uh, yeah, I, I won't argue with the point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, and uh, what can we expect of uh, the Edison Group? I mean, uh, as I said in the beginning, your investment research. Well, this is uh, this is one of those. Uh, how many times are you doing this 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 um, this research a year? Well, I, I did a couple of notes last year, so a, a UK sector note, and and then a sort of you know just sort of take, took a much more European perspective, and I, I think that's probably where I'll stay. So this this in some ways was opportunistic update to the European note we put out last summer. Um, and yeah. you know, so I, I would hope to be putting out, you know, a couple of notes a year, you know, a couple of sector notes a year. Um, we, we also yeah. cover keyword studios. So just to disclose, they're a client. Um, and we're yeah. about to initiate on media and games invest as well, a, a German business. So, um, and, and, you know, we're probably talking to 10 or 15 other companies in the space as well. Um, so, you know, I, I would love to build up a bit more of a, a, a network, you know, of, of clients within the game sector because, I, you know, it, it is infinitely fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So keywords we did cover. Uh, so they, they're a bit under pressure and, and media and games invest. I saw actually in your list as, uh, 1% up. So, and then you had something interesting where you said like, well, again, what, what makes media and games invest and still front stand out? So in some ways, I think of media and games yeah. invest as potentially a, a baby still front. Um, but um, 
they are debt funded business, you know, significantly debt funded businesses. Um, and, and historically, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, the, the, the truism was always that the games industry can't, you know, isn't a debt funded business. But it, but it's interesting. I, I think that paradigm is broken as well. There is a lot more pr- predictability to these revenues. There is a lot more sustainability to these revenues. And so, you know, you, we're, we're now in a position where that um, predictability and revenue stream can be seen for five years hence. And therefore, it, it's you know, debt funding is absolutely appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So. Oh, so, so I was just going to say, yeah. so, so innovation. Yeah, again, I, I see, I see genuine yeah. innovation in the European landscape uh, across multiple jurisdictions yeah. and yeah, in different ways. Okay, elaborate because that's why, why, why oh, I was heading to. Um... <laughs> before I rudely, before I rudely <laughs> cut you off. No, 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 no. I mean, that's, that, that that was sort of an area. I mean, if if okay, we're not going to use the glass bowl, uh, but but then what if if. What kind of advice would you give any game developer? I mean, uh, and f- forget the, the large ones because they have all kinds of advices. But if you are in, in, in a studio, let's say 10, 20, 30 people, you have about two, three games out there. Uh, you have a runway of, let's say, uh, at least, a, well, let's say a year or something. I mean, um, any advice for, for... And then secondly, I want to give that to you also. Will it become a buyer's market? Is cash king because these companies, these studios that I'm just describing, might come under pressure? Um, so so, so let, let me take them the other way around then. So so is this a buyer's market? Um, it, it is outside the games industry. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure it is in the games industry. <laughs> um, okay. And yeah, again, there, there will be exceptions to that. There will, you know, so so you know, we, we talked about you know, we talked earlier about um, you know areas of like esports and, and potentially VR, uh, AR, you know, things like that, where the business model is not so proven. There is regular, you know, that there is cash burn still. I, I think you know that's a difficult place to be, and there may well be some consolidation there. Um, but but with with yeah. you know in general with games companies with games in the market, you know, live games. Um, the ratings are, at, you know, at, at sort of all time, at or close to all time highs. Share prices are at or yeah, at or close to all time highs. Um, it, it's a good time to be appealing to, you know, to, to have a proposition that consumers want. And, and you know, so 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 for most of the games industry, cash is not actually the issue. Um, they are generating cash, yeah. you know, in, in greater quantities they have have for a long time, if if not ever. Um, and of course, yeah. this 150 yeah. billion dollar industry, as we all know, um, growing at eight nine percent a year, that sort of order. Um, so you know, this this is this is a landscape that I I struggle to see how much it's going to change from from a high level perspective over the next ten years. I see continued growth, I see continued digital demand, um, and I, I see it as a great place to invest. There will be there will be winners yeah. and losers within that sort of high level, you know, that, that sort of helicopter view. Um, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. say so we we talked a little bit about streaming. It's it's kind of not here yet, but surely you know, sort of COVID nineteen highlights that there is a, a business case to have a, a meaningful streaming player. But I think it just came a couple of years. You know, the, the impact of COVID nineteen came a couple of years too early for the streaming industry. Um, and there's a lot of yeah. technology investment to get through before you know streaming can be a meaningful AAA proposition. I I, I would posit. Um, 
but let's see how things develop. In terms of in terms of developers, yeah. uh, in terms of you know somebody who's got a couple of titles in the market, you know, looking, at, you know, thinking about what to do next. Um, I, yeah, to some degree, I, I wouldn't be impatient. So, 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 you know, firstly and foremost, I have never developed my own game, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not a game developer. I'm, I'm sort of looking at it from a financial perspective. And again, I, I try not yeah. to judge businesses based on the strength of their titles. I tend to, you know, look at the financial performance of those titles and the dynamics of the business model. Um, but you know, I, I, I am. You can make huge amounts of money by betting big on one IP that comes good, but it's not. That's not a particular model that I, 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 I feel comfortable backing. Um, I'm much more long-term than that, you know, building up, you know, block by block, um, building scale, building predictability, and, you know, trying to remove the need for external funding. So making sure that, you know, building yourself to a place where you can be self-funding um, so that you can take risks, you know, within the financial parameters with, you know, w- w- without risking the business. Um, that's the ideal place to be. And there are a number of guys, you know, yeah. you know, you talked about how much M&A had been done in Q1. I think it was largely two deals, if I recall. Stillfront uh, made an acquisition of Stormate and Embracer. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 in, in general, you know, Stillfront has, has built out a portfolio. I, I love portfolios of recurring revenues. Um, they may be unsexy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they may not hit the headlines in quite the same way. Um but I think that's a business yeah. model that really, you know, a- everyone can buy into. And whether it's whether it's equity funded, yeah. you know, certainly at the start you'd want to be equity funded. But as you mature and as the predictability grows, debt funding becomes an option. And potentially more of the games industry should yeah. now be considering debt funding as part of their sort of capital optimization. Yeah. And since we're talking then about those bigger companies. Um, I've been thinking about, uh, and this is really the last question, I'll let you go. Uh, Tencent. Tencent, Tencent, Tencent. I hear Tencent all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, uh, well, Cash is king, uh, but already, I mean, when is someone saying like, okay, the dominance of Tencent is becoming too big on this industry? I mean, we're talking about, what do you say, $150 billion industry. I mean, if you look at where Tencent or which companies are tied to, eventually Tencent, um, then quite a substantial part of that 150 billion goes directly or indirectly to Tencent. I mean, is that helpful? Well, it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, it... <laughs> <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. You, you have yeah, to respect Tencent and what they've done. They, yeah, they seem to have crept in by stealth, um, taking 5, 10, 15, 20% stakes in businesses which is not a typical strategy because you don't get control. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah they, they, they have a number of companies they've taken much larger stakes in, of course, as well. Um, but but in general, yeah. they, they don't control the industry. They are participants in, in sort of games companies. So you look at people like Frontier, I think their stake, or I, I wouldn't swear to it, but you know, it's, it's certainly 10 to 20%, isn't it? Uh, I think Antstream, yep. a streaming, a sort of nascent streaming business, has also got a, a ten cent stake in it. Um, they took a stake in Sumo recently, ten percent. Um, they've acquired Funcom, sort of outright. So, so Funcom, if you like, is an outlier for them. Um, they've got stakes in Epic, uh, Riot. You know, they're, they're all over the bloody place, and and you know, I, I think they're picking up some very interesting, very quality businesses. Um, 
but they're not controlling yeah. them. So, so quite how it all plays out, I, I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't, yeah. you know, if I was a you know, games developer and I had the option of taking a stake from Tencent, I certainly would. Um, but you know, keeping it at that 10 to 20% level just means that you, the owner, uh, you, the founder, probably you know, keep control of the business. Um, uh, with, with, with yeah. the you know with, with the the stamp, I suppose the stamp of quality that Tencent brings, and that that would be a fantastic place to be. Yeah, got it, got it. Well, um, I'm going to thank you, uh, Richard. I uh, I think we we covered uh, your your report and um, very interesting also to to. Get a more insight also on the European. Well, I, I, I don't know if I need to apologise. I, I have talked mainly about the European industry. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't talked too much about EA or Activision Blizzard. So, uh... no. Well, we're reading enough, and and it's. <clears throat> I think it's interesting also, also from 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 Asian perspective or US perspective to to get more sense of what is happening in 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 Europe. And uh, for me, it was also very uh, insightful. So. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, I looked at the companies that, that basically were mentioned in the report and, and, and those are the companies that we're reading about when, when you talk about, um, when you talk about Europe. So, um, I'm definitely going to invite you when you have your next report ready. So, uh, keep me in the loop and, uh, I want to really thank you very much for uh, the time and explanation. It's a, a real pleasure. Thank you. All right. Cheers, thank bye. you very much. Thank you, Richard of the Edison Group, uh, to have this interview with me. Uh, I really enjoyed us uh, talking. And um, yeah, so uh, do check out uh, the blog uh, with all the links uh, to people, uh, to the LinkedIn profiles, uh, but also I have the link to the report. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting more and more fun. Um, I'm seeing that the numbers go up really quickly, uh, maybe also because of the coronavirus. Um, lots of listeners, and I'm stressing out every week to say, like, hey, I, I do get lots of inbound uh, emails and apps. I'm trying to be responsive as possible, but, um, yeah, I also have my normal work. Uh, <laughs> in any case, uh, again, I hope you like this episode, and ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.